For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Once a four-star recruit defensive lineman, Scott Patchen started his career at the University of Miami. In 2020, however, he transferred to Colorado State of all places, and that transition proved to be worth the move. Last season in 2020, he finished with seven and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, and 22 total tackles. Patchen now gears up for his final season of college football and a potential path to the NFL. Host Ryan Roberts spoke with Patchen about that career that he spent at two different schools and his goals for the future. For this week's NFL Draft Prospects Podcast Spotlight interview. Before we get to that interview, though, folks, I need to quickly tell you about Bet Online. July is underway and a great month month for sports. And if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. With the NBA Finals ending and the MLB heading into the second half of the season, there's plenty of betting action to get involved in. If you're a football better, there are tons of futures and props you can wager on. BetOnline has all of the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome to this Believe in NFL Draft Prospect podcast. This is an interview edition. Of course, you know it's a Thursday, so we are bringing you an inside look into some of the outstanding football players all across the nation. I have a player who it's surprising to me, and I don't understand it quite, to be frank with you, why no one is talking enough about this young man who is a defensive end out of Colorado State, Scott Patchen, who started his career at the University of Miami took the grand, tra- grand transfer routes in 2020 in only four games that they were able to play, seven and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. He was one of the best defensive players in all of college football, and I feel like we need to start talking about it a little more. So I'm now welcoming Scott to the show. Scott, appreciate you, man, just taking a little bit of time. I know it's crazy times, but I thank you so much for just taking a few minutes with me today. No, thank you for having me on, man. I'm excited to get going. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I want to kind of paint it, Scott, you know, a little bit of a – journey. I know obviously your dad, you know, the Miami ties, right? He played there in yeah. the 80s, was a very successful football player. You had a brother that was also a college football player, spent some time at the University of Florida, um and I think Boston College if I remember that correctly. So you have that had, you know, you come from a football family, you have the 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 U roots, you have the Miami roots. IMG Academy coming out. I know you're from Tampa, Florida, I believe is the hometown. So I know it's in your blood a little bit, University of Miami, but can you just talk to me coming out of high school, why the U was the best spot for you ultimately? Uh, 
Well, first and foremost, I mean, that was my dream school growing up, uh, you know, all the 30 for 30s and then, you know, watching it on game day with my dad, you know, that to me, there was no other place I really wanted to be. Um, and it's funny because looking back on it now, you know, I'm here obviously with Coach Dazio at Colorado State, but at the time, my brother Matt was finishing up his last year at Boston College. Now, BC and Miami were the only schools I was really considering. And it was about, <laughs> I want to say 50 degrees on a Friday night walkthrough before his his senior night game and you know the coaches were treating it as unofficial as well because I was also a recruit there that being said it was 50 degrees I'm a Florida boy I was probably 16 years old shivering you know not ever experiencing anything really cold and it's just funny you know because coach was calling me soft because I was getting cold and then here I am I committed to Miami like a few weeks later you know because I was like I'm just gonna go further south you know I'm gonna hit warmer weather so Uh but it's funny how it all works out, man. I'm happy to be with Coach Dazio, man. There's no better staff, you know, honestly, that treats players well. And I'm just happy to be with him and surrounded by great people. Mm-hmm. And obviously that route has now taken you to being a star for the Colorado State football team. And like I said, the tape this past year I was really excited about. Can you talk to me, Scott, a little bit about – we talked about it before we started. But I know COVID kind of threw a wrench into a lot of plans. or games canceled, people suffering. Mm-hmm. For you, on from an individual perspective and a team perspective as well, how do you guys feel like you're able to navigate the craziness of the pandemic and to the best of your ability? And how excited are you now that you got that crazy season out of the way? Now you can kind of get back to what is somewhat more of normalcy. Uh, well, to be honest with you, too, it kind of threw a wrench in right from the get-go with off-season training in the summer. You know, we had a pause on our season or a pause on our training from a summer standpoint, I think around late July. Um, there were some rumors from individuals on the team that weren't necessarily happy with their playing time or their perspective, uh, not perspective, uh, expected playing time. You know, I think they were just creating false narratives around the program and it really misled, you know, the uh, people here at CSU. And so they wanted to be diligent and thorough throughout the investigation and making sure we were following all protocols and things of that nature, which we were, but so that took away time immediately from off season programs. So we lost that time. We can't get that back. And then we get, you know, a little extended, you know, um, training camp, and then we jump into the season. And then from that standpoint, it became a next up mentality as games were getting canceled. I mean, we saw half of our season gone because of COVID for the most part, um, which was disappointing from a player standpoint, because, you you know, you, you want to compete. You're a player, you know, that's why you play the game. You love it. Um, so from that perspective, you know, it was disappointing. But, you know, the only thing we could do was move forward. I, and that's a great, you know, representation of how you should handle life. You know, you're going to be throwing things at you that you're not ready for and expecting. Um, and it's all about how you just take them and move forward. So that's, that's exactly the mentality majority of us had to have. Um, now, I think that was harder for some of the younger guys because, you know, they weren't either mature enough or just, you know, able to accept that and understand that. Um, but I think it did actually help a lot of guys grow up at the same time, too, you know, when they weren't expecting to and something in a situation like that. Um, so I think overall it was a, it was definitely a growing season for a lot of people. But I think moving towards, you know, this year, moving moving past you know, COVID, I think, you know, the best part is just actually going to be able to, you know, get that time that we missed, if that makes sense, you know, be able to grow through an off season program, hit the ground running when you get to the uh, training camp and then let that roll forward throughout the season and then get an entire full season at that. You know, I know with scheduling um, the mountain West was kind of following pac 12 as far as canceling the season. And then, you know, the rumors were that was going to start back and then we start back late. We only get to schedule uh, eight games instead of the normal 12 and then we lose half of those, you know, 
that's another thing too. I mean, imagine if we had scheduled the original original twelve, maybe we get in six games. You know, that's another thought. But you know, cap can't can't have this hindsight look either. So we got eight. We only played four. You know, so moving forward, it's going to be nice. Is my point to play an entire full twelve? Yeah, so. and and I, I like to mention there, Scott, because I, I have I would agree that it has to be a very you know for for the younger players, right? The maturity that you talked about, kind of accepting it, like it's you know, and it, it's tough to handle for you though. It kind of in a different situation because I want to think of like from your angle, it's like you're grad transferring, you're going into a new environment where you are trying to be a leader of the football team. You've been there, done that. You're more experienced. How difficult was it for you from that perspective, knowing that like it's a it's a quick you know um, acclimation and trying to get your role in the team and trying to be a leader, and then you're throwing in all these wrenches. Uh, it wasn't easy, you know. I will say that uh, it was easier when you had guidance from you know great coaches. I will say, and I try to find other leaders on the team, you know, for especially the D line room, you know, like Manny Jones and W McBride. I just try to you know be around those two as much as I could. Um, basically, sorry about that. Um, I try to do that as much as I could, honestly, just to, you know, go ahead and be, you know, a leader and, and somebody on the team that others can, you know, look up to as far as a role model, you know, so that's, you know, and I had to take an all business approach to it and really, you know, be, dil- be diligent about the preparation, you know, for games and all that. Mm-hmm. And I know you had played obviously at Miami and you had been a contributor for them. And I, I have to imagine even though it was only four games, the production that you were able to have in, in a, a smaller sample size, again, the seven and a half tackles for loss, the five and a half sacks, like you were one of the more productive players in all of college football defensive line-wise when you look at per-game averages. How, how, what was it like, just a small sample size, and kind of seeing your development as a football player in a new environment? It was nice. Um, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question again? I'm trying to analyze all of that. No, no, you're fine. I was just saying like you're in a new environment and you had been a contributor, but now you're seeing the stat sheet really start to, to, you know, ascend here because you're, you're taking your game to a next level. And and for the per game, I mean, I would argue that you were maybe the most productive defensive lineman, even though it was a smaller sample size. So just knowing that you were able to get that opportunity, capitalize yeah, on yeah. it and then take the game to the next level. No, it meant, it meant a lot to me. So and thank you for repeating it again, because now I can actually analyze it. Of course. Answer probably a little better. So for me, it meant the world. Uh, that's the entire reason I wanted to transfer, because I didn't feel like I was getting, you know, first of all, the development I really looked forward to at Miami. Um, and that's why when I was during the recruiting process, looking for a coach that could cover all phases of being, you know, in every down defensive end. And that's, I think, what I found in Coach Antoine Smith here at CSU. Um, but that being said, before, you know, it meant the world to me that I could actually go out and prove that. I think it meant the world to me as far as being able to actually just go out and show that everybody that this is what I can do. You know, like I know coming out of high school, I was a high rated guy. I went to IMG, went to Miami, you know, and there was just all this, you know, expectations that I just didn't reach there. And for whatever reason, for a multitude of reasons, it didn't actually happen the way I wanted it to. You know, I would have loved to have been this player at Miami, but I just didn't feel like I had all the resources and, and things in that nature set up there that, helping me succeed like I am here. And that's okay. You know, I've moved on past that. You know, there's no hard feelings towards Miami. It's always going to be my, uh, excuse me, almost cut there. Um, <laughs> it's always going to be my, you know, dream school that I always wanted to attend. I did that and I got an undergraduate degree from Miami and I'll always be happy and thankful for that. Um, but 
tying back into the question now, I was just so thankful, for, you know, at least the four games being able to show that. And then, you know, now the talks are, you know, is he going to be able to actually sustain that for 12 games? So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that being my next challenge this season and attacking that from that standpoint too. And Scott, for a guy that's been around football, again, from a football family your entire life, I'm curious, are there some players past, present, growing up that are some players that you watch a lot, you emulate to a degree, or just try to take things from their game specifically? Yeah, J.J. Watt's my favorite player. If you talk to any of my teammates past and present, they're going to say that I'll argue about that guy 24-7. But So I'll watch him. I'll watch his brother. You know, I'll watch a lot of the other defensive ends in the league. Um, you know, I train, I train with a guy, Chuck Smith, uh, he trains a lot of the pro guys. Um, and so he would have us watch clips of Vaughn Miller. Um, who, who was the guy that played for the Colts? The Dwight Freeney. Dwight Mathis. Freeney, sorry. Thank you. No, you're good. Well, actually both, actually both of them, but Dwight Freeney when we were looking at spin moves in general. But so like I would watch him a lot, you know, Jared Allen, an older guy. Um, just players generally like to have success at the next level. What are they doing? You know, and then being able to pick apart how they actually do um, and go about their business in preparation for a game and how they attack offensive tackles in general. Mm -hmm. And you talked a little bit about being an all-around defensive end. You talked about, hey, the next step is doing it on a larger volume of snaps, a larger sample size. For you to be the best possible football player and to, to ascend to being, you know, without question, one of the best defensive ends in all of college football – what are the next steps from you from a technical standpoint, physical standpoint? Like what is going to separate you to being that type of player? Just taking it to the next level, being a step better than I was last year. And I think building off of that, looking at all the tape, I've watched the four games. I can't even tell you how many times I've, I've gone back and forth on what I could have done better on this play and that play. Um, so I'm hard on myself when I watch my own film. And then I obviously get graded by the coaches. And then I got an older brother, Matt, who played the game, obviously. He's going to send me his grades for the games. And then I got my dad's grade. You know, he played that too, and he played at a high level. Both my dad and my brother have national championship rings, so they know what it takes. And I think from that perspective, I'm, I'm able to, you know, grow my game even more so. And I've, I've, I'm not even close to my ceiling, if that makes sense, in my mind. But Yeah, no, so it definitely makes sense. Yeah, and I, I know that you were obviously a beneficiary because a lot of players were got the extra year of eligibility. You were able to come back for you. Was there ever a debate? Cause I know you only played four games, but obviously with the production you had, was there ever a debate? Like maybe this is the right time to go to the NFL. Should I take the extra year of eligibility? Was yeah. there ever that conversation? Oh, there was, yeah, it was a long conversation. Um, you know, between my dad, my brother, the head coach, my position coach. And, you know, I was just trying to understand from a standpoint where I stood as far as, how scouts were looking at me, where I'd end up going in the draft, what type of player I'd be, you know, and then you looked at it from a perspective of the senior bowl versus East West shrine being canceled. And the other one, I forget off the top of my name. NFL you know, PA bowl got canceled. Yeah, yeah. So it just ended up not being the best situation, but at the same time I was able to actually, you know, make the best decision for myself moving forward. And it was easy decision too. Once I looked at it from when I come back, I'll be able to be around such great people. And I can't stress that enough, you know, being around Coach Dazio and this staff, you know, it's just – it makes football – it makes playing football awesome, you know. Mm -hmm. They're diligent in preparation for the game. They're understanding that you're an athlete and you can take care of your body and at the same time understanding the growth you need to take as a player to get better. And I think when you get around that – and then you get around just how they're great people off the field too and you can actually hold a conversation with them, you know, and you can, you know, 
ask them, you know, things about just questions in life in general, you know, and then just sit there and hold a conversation for hours on end, you know, like, and I just think the people he's brought into the staff, they're all built that way, you know, so I'm just really appreciative of that. And, you know, as an athlete, you know, I think anybody can almost appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And I know I asked you about, you know, you taking your game to next level, what is kind of going to be the the indicator that you have done so and the reason for you to take to ascend to that level for the team now, having a more normal season, you know, the, the full schedule, hopefully, you know, knock on wood that it, everything is yeah. to fruition. Um, what are the standards that you guys have set? What are some goals that would, for you, would make it a perfect ending to your career? Helping the school reach things that they haven't done. So I know we've got games where, you know, Boise State, we've never beaten Boise State. That's one of the things here. I know we've got a couple of rivalry games. Um, so just just certain things along the way, you know, not necessarily looking at it big picture wise, but you know, when those opportunities do present itself, capitalize, you know? And so as yeah. far as the leaders, are, you know, we're, we're concerned with just holding everybody accountable, you know, making sure everybody's doing extra film study, making sure everybody's not cutting reps in the weight room, you know, all the things it takes to actually be a productive player in college football, let alone be a winner, you know, because you've got a lot of different guys on a team on a field at any given down, you know, there's 22 different variables. I mean, you know, and then you talk about all the different plays you can learn and everything of that nature. You got to be prepared. I mean, football is not easy as just hitting somebody repetitively over and over as many people would like to perceive it as. So that being said, you've got to be a smart player. You got to be a tough player and you just got to be a player that's ready for all the obstacles and different things thrown at you. And I think once you're able to handle those, you know, you're able to be, a, you know, a, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Uh, just, you know, leave a positive mark on that play or, and, and, you know, plays build up in the game so you know then you have a positive game and you come out with a win you know and I think from that nature just kind of tying it back again you know being leaders on the team we have to do a, a good job of making sure players are handling their businesses and being accountable mm -hmm. and the last question I have for you Scott is I, I obviously I've been very impressed by your play last season I think you're going to play in the NFL I think you're going to be drafted all that good stuff for you now kind of just thinking back on it how long has that been a dream to play in the NFL coming from the football family? And what would the blessing be like for the moment that that call happens that you are now an official professional athlete? It'll mean the world to me, you know, even more than all the productiveness I've had these past four games, you know, um, coming from a football family to mean the world to them because they see all the, you know, the downs, the ups, you know, so it would mean the world to me and my family. I, if I talk about it anymore, I'll, <laughs> I'd be over explaining. I love it, man. I, I think that's a perfect way to end it again agree. here with Scott Patch and star defensive end out of Colorado State. Scott, appreciate it, man, again, so much. This was awesome. I know it was a long time coming, but I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. And I'm definitely rooting for you in the fall, man. I know we'll be in, in good contact during the uh, NFL draft season if kicks off as well. Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on, man. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.